Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Now Live, we'll feature security expert Jason Lang talking about the recent Black Hats conference and our safety from security. A little bit later, we'll hear from Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. On the Tech Night Owl Live, this segment, we're talking to Jason Lang, and we're going to start with an event called Black Hat which has nothing to do with bridal showers or anything like that. What is a black hat? Now, most of our listeners who are familiar with security issues know there are white hats and black hats, right? Yes. (laughs) So explain what they are and their purposes. White hat, what's a white hat? A white hat is somebody like myself, somebody who is a professional, call it a red team or professional penetration tester, somebody who gets paid to compromise an organization and then write a report on how the compromise takes place. And then the report gets delivered to uh, the customer. And then the customer takes the vulnerabilities that are in the report and they go and fix them. And then maybe next year we do the same thing or we change it up a little bit and do a different kind of scenario. A black hat is somebody who doesn't care about any of those things and really just wants to take data. Usually it's for a couple of reasons. I mean, according to the, uh, the Verizon Data Breach Investigations report uh, from last year, the, the biggest motivator for a black hat, somebody who, you know, just literally just breaks in and steals stuff is for financial means. Uh, and I think that was like 75% of compromises, according to them. So it's, in my experience, you know, it, it's normally people looking for either money or looking for notoriety. Like they want, you know, hacker cred with their buddies or, you know, things like that. But in most cases, I think it's money. Is it a profitable business now? You know, that's a really good question. I mean, from a white hat standpoint, yes, security is is very profitable. Lots and lots of people want it because they read about breaches like LinkedIn and Home Depot and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, am I vulnerable? And the answer to that question is most likely yes. Yes, you probably are. Uh, and so, you know, that's why companies team up with, you know, companies like, like Trusted Tech. Uh, the company that I work for, you know, to try and find those vulnerabilities. And then we, we work with the customer, you know, step-by-step step to fix those things. And so, yes, you know, on, on the professional side of things, it's very profitable. On on the black hat side of things, I don't really get into like the dark web or like, you know, looking up people's social security numbers to see how much a record goes for. But normally, from what I understand, records like that are sold in bulk. You know, you can expect like if your social security number is compromised, it's going to be sold, you know, with 10 million other social security numbers in, in a package deal. I ran into a curious situation. Maybe you can explain it to me. Someone sends me an email with something that roughly approximates a password I once used. Not anymore. I use either Password Manager or I let Apple Safari mm-hmm. figure a strong password for me. So I don't know what my passwords are. They're stored. Now, yeah. he's demanding $1,000 in Bitcoin. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he will show proof that I visited a porn site on the internet. Mm-hmm. Now, I have nothing against porn sites. It's just that I haven't visited any. <laughs> Maybe I'm too old or something like that. Obviously, this is just a stupid attempt at extortion. Yeah. Now, if I write the person back, it only validates who I am. Right. But what do we do about something like that? If you report him or her to the authorities, can they even trace it? Unlikely. 
if I were pulling off a scheme like that, I would be coming through multiple anonymous sources. And chances are the person who's doing something like that's in a different country. So the likelihood of you getting any sort of retribution, so to speak, or seeing that person brought to justice is, uh, I'm going to just say it's slim to none. What can you do? I mean, in order to understand that, you have to kind of peel back the layers of the onion, so to speak. So that password that the person has from your account is probably a legitimate password that you once used several years ago. And what happens is that LinkedIn is is a popular one. We use it all the time. LinkedIn was breached several years ago and the password hashes were released. Those passwords were then cracked to their clear text values. And then the, the account name was matched up with the password name or with, with the, the actual password. And so people have a, a long, long list. I'm talking, you know, hundreds of gigs of data that all represents password breach data. And so what scam artists do is they, they take those passwords and they have the email addresses that, that correlate to them. And so they, they send you an email and say, okay, here's the compromised password. And then they try to extort money from you by saying, you know, you've gone to a website that maybe you have, maybe you haven't gone to. And, you know, it's popular with like compromises like the Ashley Madison one, you know, that was obviously devastating to a lot of people for, you know, obvious reasons, but you know, that's how that sort of extortion takes place. So my recommendation would be don't respond. Yes, they have a password that is probably your old password. However, they have no proof that you've been to a website you know, especially if it's not coming from that domain. I mean, if you do happen to go to porn websites and it's coming from there, well, you know, okay, maybe that's kind of legitimate, but a real website, a real business is not going to be extorting money from you. So best thing you can do is, is to ignore it. However, if it is your real password and you look at that and you're like, oh shoot, this person has my real password. Well, you absolutely should be getting a password manager swapping out all of your passwords for the sites that you visit frequently for long uh, and strong passwords. The thing I like about that, when you set up a new email account, it offers you a password. And believe you me, nobody in his right mind or otherwise will guess that password. On the other hand, is that even true? I guess if you try hard enough, you can guess anybody's password, can you? Yes. It, it really comes down to a matter of time. Personally, I, I personally use LastPass. All of my passwords are, you know, a minimum of like, you know, 30 plus characters in length, all randomly generated. I mean, like for my, my primary um, account, like my, like my personal email account, you couldn't torture the password out of me because I have no idea what it is. So I recommend people going to those sorts of models where it's like, you know, most reputable websites support longer passwords. And if you choose like a 30 character password and put it into the into the new password field, and they're like, sorry, it's a maximum length of 16 characters. Well, then drop your password length to 16 characters, but go up to the maximum allowable value. But for something like like a 25-character password that's randomly generated, I'm not going to say it's completely and utterly impossible, but you're kind of approaching mathematical impossibility in the lifespan of a human being. So because I would have to launch a brute force attack and then just randomly guess or do you know like a, a full brute force starting with all a's and then all a's and one b i mean that stuff like that is i mean i'm no mathematician but you know from what i understand you're talking on the order of centuries to crack a password like that or to brute force it now brute force as he says means that you try a password over and over again and at some point in time a website will lock you out we have that on our web server where if someone tries to log in over and over again too many times within a given time frame, your history. Goodbye. Literally, I would have to 
allow them to be unlocked. So that's one of the ways that's done. Now, I would also worry about sites that won't let you add these complicated, humongously long passwords. Mm-hmm. Because it means maybe their security needs to be fixed. Yeah, you know, so in that case, there's been a few websites where I've tried to register where it's like, sorry, the maximum password length is 12. That's just dumb. That's stupid for all the wrong reasons. However, when you get into an organization like that, especially if the organization is an older organization, I'm talking like 50 years plus, what's happening behind the scenes is that those passwords, there's some sort of integration uh, with, you know, some legacy technology that is governing the maximum password length. So, you know, in banking, we see this all the time. In, in the financial vertical, frequently users have a maximum password of like, you know, eight or nine characters. And the reason being is because there's some sort of legacy integration with like a mainframe. You know, mainframes being around forever. Some mainframes were seven characters max. Some mainframes were eight characters max. And it's one of those things where it's like, because of that legacy integration, it's so difficult to tear that out because Active Directory, you know, the, the authentication system that most companies use, it supports really long passwords. It supports, you know, spaces, you know, you can go to hundreds of characters. But when you have this kind of a boat anchor of this legacy hardware, this legacy system that is governing your password policy, it makes it really difficult for some companies. We've got more to come with Security Guru. You like that? Jason Lang on the Tech Night Owl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Let's talk tough. Let's talk comfort. Let's talk about down-home value. Made in the USA blue jeans like you wore as a kid. Remember? There's a place down in Tennessee Where they make blue diamond gusset jeans They so pride in every stitch Guarantee you love the way they fit They put a diamond gusset in the crotch Where you need it most Blue diamond gussets got it Others don't For good old-fashioned comfort, get diamond gusset jeans Every stitch guaranteed And our Defender motorcycle jean comes Kevlar reinforced See them at GUSSET.com That's gusset.com Or call 888-848-7738 That's 888-848-7738 Diamond gusset jeans got it Others don't Hi, I'm Dan Pilla I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago When they tried to seize my mother's house I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. 
If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. 99 bucks for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Jason Lang, security consultant, guru, expert, is with us. We're going to talk about the Black Hat Conference. Is this where the hackers get together and show off the things they can achieve? It's one of several conferences, but it, it, it is the world's largest conference. It, and it's not just Black Hats. I mean, there, there are absolutely Black Hats who go there, but um, Black Hat is, the Black Hat the conference is made up of security professionals all across the board. You know, everything from Black hats to white hats, everything between vendors. I mean, I think this year Black Hat is going to hit it's probably close to twenty thousand if it hasn't already. DefCon right on the heels of it hit twenty five thousand in attendance last year. So I mean, you're talking a lot of people in Vegas for this conference, and you know, there's there are some people there that are legit, some people that are not so legit, and that's just the way it works. But when you say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, that's not true with the Black Hat Conference, is it? <laughs> Uh, there was some some interesting stuff that happened. I don't know if it happened last year with like uh, cell phone uh, intercept spoofers, and you know the feds were called in, and it was kind of a big scene. But what you do and what you demonstrate uh, in Vegas can definitely have uh, how should we put it career limiting moves. Um, if you are demonstrating illegal stuff, uh, it might be flashy and sexy while you're on stage, but you know it might get you in trouble after the fact. So. Normally, I mean, that's you normally don't see a lot of that. I mean, the, the vast, vast majority of presentations that I've seen are, are really good presentations, good content, worthwhile. Um, you know, you're just you're just fighting a lot of people. But, you know, Black Hat is just the biggest conference. There are InfoSec uh, conferences all across the country uh, at various times of the year. So there's a lot of people and a lot of good content. 
Now, I ran into something here, which is probably some kind of hack. And that is somebody calls me on the phone and says, why did I call them? And I'm looking, I didn't call them. I haven't called anybody. What's going on here? Plus, it's a phone number I have no access to for various and sundry reasons, mostly because the phone adapter for that number is in storage. So I can't receive outgoing calls, calls made to that number or forwarded to my cell phone, just to be brief. Now, what happened here most likely is a telemarketer spoofed my caller ID. And I noticed what they tend to do here is when they call somebody in a certain group of numbers, like, say, 773, they will call you on a faked 773 number, so you think, well, it must be a neighbor or someone. Is it easy to spoof a caller ID? I know it's illegal. Uh, it's actually not illegal in the United States, uh, and it is extremely easy. In fact, there are uh, applications that you can download uh, for iOS as well as for Android. Um, we use them all the time in social engineering engagements. A good example would be if I'm pretending to be a system administrator and I call up a user saying, hey, you got fished. You know, I need to make some changes to your account. What is your VPN access code? Well, I actually had one person put me on hold and look at the caller ID and verify the caller ID. Well, what this person didn't know is that I had spoofed caller ID to be their home office. You know, it, it's extraordinarily easy to do. Uh, if you put applications on your phone, you buy a, a certain amount of credits. So like if you buy 100 credits, it's like 100 minutes um, of spoof time. But you can spoof any uh, any number. Like if I wanted to call you from the White House, I could do that. Um, and a lot of these applications, it's actually kind of cool. A lot of them, they also have like voice processors in them. So if you want to change you know, a male voice to be a female voice, or if you want to add background noise, like uh, one time I did a call where um, I was at home, but I, I want to make it sound like I was in a room full of people. So I added the the, the coffee shop uh, background uh, noise processor, and it, it injected like you know standard coffee shop noises into the phone call. So thankfully for us as penetration testers, it's not illegal. But for average folks, yes, it is. It, it, that that kind of stuff can be you know devastating, uh, especially for people who have never had any experience with that. You know they they trust their call already, and so you know when I give security awareness training, that's one of the one of the very first things I tell people when it comes to voice-based uh, social engineering is never, ever trust your caller ID. You can't trust anyone anymore. Now, I realize a lot of times even a legitimate company wants to use a local number sure. for various reasons. And I know legitimately you can get virtual phone numbers online where you choose a certain number, not duplicating someone's number, but you can choose, say, the area code and you get a choice of numbers and use that to set up a local calling area for customers, which is legitimate. That's a real reason. But the question I'm going to ask you before we get on here, it looks to me like this do not call list has been an abysmal failure, hasn't it? It's impossible for me to say yes or no to that because I don't know how many calls I haven't received as a result of being on the do not call list. However, I, I can tell you this. There have been more uh, successful telemarketing calls and scammers getting through. I mean, obviously, a scammer doesn't care about the do not call list, but a telemarketer is supposed to obey those laws. But normally, when I get a fake phone call, it's from a, it's not from a reputable company. It's not even from a telemarketer. It's normally from somebody trying to scam me. Um, and they might have just, you know, either guessed my number or pulled my number online or something like that. Uh, so I, 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 I gen, yeah, I, I can't really say, you know, how effective the do not call list is. Um, I know that when I added myself to it, the amount of telemarketing calls I got went down, but 
that was years and years ago. So, you know, it's, it's difficult to say at this point. I urge everybody to do a search of the New York Times. They did a story about the failure of the Do Not Call Registry, pointing out that it's just outrageous now. There are so many easy ways to do telemarketing. You can't trust anybody. You certainly can't trust the person or business that's calling you. Like I get a call, and I'll mention the name because I know it's not them. I've been getting a call every couple of days from someone saying they represent all state insurance and they want to give me a quote on an auto policy. Now, point of fact, I haven't contacted all state insurance. All state insurance is a large, reputable company, as reputable as insurance companies can be. And I realize it has many meanings. And when you check, you give a person some information. They say, maybe you ask for a quote online. And then they connect you to somebody because it's like an operator or a receptionist. And they know nothing about you, even though they claim that you did apply for a policy or get a quote online. At that point, I realized it's a fake. Don't know whether Allstate in any way accepts any of this nonsense, this foldy role, which is a hard word. Anyway, let's get back to the Black Hat Conference. Anything new, any new kinds of intrusions that they succeeded in making that we should be aware of? There are some uh, new techniques that are getting dropped at Black Hat. A lot of it is, from at least from what I've seen, I, I haven't thoroughly gone through each one of the talks, but um, there's a lot of theoretical stuff that gets released. Theory basically meaning here's this awesome idea, and then two or three years later, a security researcher will actually take that idea and turn it, you know, they'll weaponize it. I haven't seen too many really, really novel attacks that don't rely on, how shall I put it, old ways of compromising an organization. What I mean by that is, you know, when it comes to companies, generally speaking, the way, the way in and the way, and it's been the way in for years and years now is through social engineering. In my case, it's usually phishing, but I'll, I'll absolutely get on the phone uh, with someone if it will help. We break, we do physical intrusions as well to try and break into a company like physically, but normally speaking, new ways that are, that are coming out still rely on a user, like clicking an email opening an attachment or clicking on a link or something like that. Okay, Jason Lang joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original, most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. 
Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST55 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. To see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text BEST55 to 443-443. With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, Text BEST55 to 443-443. That's B-E-S-T-55 to 443-443. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Out Live, Jason Lang is regaling us with stories about the black hats in action, about the things they're doing to try to capture information illegally. Now, one of the big episodes in recent years was the security leak over at Equifax, the large credit bureau. So they have the credit reports on hundreds of millions of American citizens. So what we're talking about here is suddenly 
your credit information has become public. And there are a lot of people now who have access to it. So does this mean that we're going to have a rash of people refinancing their homes, a rash of people taking out credit cards in the name of somebody else? It's entirely possible uh, that something like that could occur, especially with things like social security numbers getting breached. Um, I mean, Equifax having basically just all of the data on all of the people, um, it, it's a, it, admittedly, it's a situation that I don't think, you know, as, as a country we've really faced before of, of, you know, having all of this data available for purchase. Um, here's the good news. The good news is that banks have gotten much, much better uh, in terms of doing things like turning around credit cards, detecting fraudulent activity. Um, I know that my bank will absolutely shut down my credit card instantly if um, there are, you know, some suspicious charges. And in fact, most banks will, they, they will issue you a new credit card before you even detect anything weird going on. For example, I received um, just a brand new credit card out of the blue from my bank, and it was it was legitimate, saying that they saw some activity, not necessarily on my account, but that there there was an issue with one of their processors, and they were just issuing me a new credit card just to be safe. Um, which I thought I thought that was pretty neat. So, you know, banks are getting better about uh, detecting fraudulent activity. I know that is a huge huge hotspot with banks right now. So, and of course, you know, banks are the ones that are issuing loans, and so. As far as I know, yes, that data is still out there. However, controls have improved to try and, you know, stem the tide of, you know, a rash of new credit cards, you know, fraudulent credit cards being picked up. Plus, I mean, if attacker really wants to, you can buy credit card numbers online um, from previous breaches. And that's that is still an unfortunate problem as well. So let me get to one thing here. Of course, we have those devices that were mentioned that supposedly allow you to break into an iPhone. And this is the outgrowth of this Santa Barbara terrorist attack, where one of those users had a phone from his employer, a government agency. Now, before we go on, before we even mention this, and I should have brought this up, that is here. Doesn't one assume that an employer who's handing out smartphones to somebody, he has management tools where he will provision the device and if necessary, take control of it or wipe it at the right. source. So yep. why would there have been a problem? So on the whole MDM side of things, there is still some liability as far as what users put on their devices, you know, things like pictures and videos and stuff like that. I, I mean, you're, you're right in that, it, assuming that the, um, the user's device was properly protected, um, the, the, the company that the user worked for could simply just wipe it. However, there are also ways around some of that technology. For example, um, when, when mobile iron was first released, if you jailbroke your phone, you could simply remove certain aspects of the, of the program. The program would still run on your device. And I actually, I actually did this on, on my own phone. Um, the, the program would still run on your device. However, uh, it would the, the link to call it the, the mothership uh, was broken, and so even though Mobile Iron was still working and you could still check your email and the application was still valid, remote white commands could not be sent to the device because the device would simply wouldn't receive them. On, on iOS, there there were ways around that sort of technology. Um, mobile Iron has since gotten much better about that, and so have other MDMs. I mean, I, I pick on Mobile Iron because it's the one I have experience with, but 
other MDMs have included things like jailbreak uh, detection and stuff like that. So if it detects that your phone is jailbroken, um, it either won't allow you on the network to begin with, or it will just issue a web command. Um, so, you know, try and prevent that sort of tampering. So these devices do work. Sure. Like, I, I, when you say these devices, are you talking about like the brute force device? Yeah. So we have these devices. There's a company in Israel and there's another company in America yeah. that yeah. built these little boxes. And if you hook up your iPhone to one of these little boxes after a certain period of time, it will get in. Sure. And they're not expensive to buy. But the first question I have, other than asking whether they work or not, the first yeah. question I would have is, do they do what they're advertised of doing? And if they're available for a few thousand dollars, how can you restrict sales to law enforcement people? It would seem to me anybody can get a hold of one. It's not quite that simple. The devices are illegal to purchase unless you are law enforcement. So are they available on the black market? Yes, they are. However, kind of like what happened at Black Hat, it was either last year or a couple of years ago, where people stood up their own cell towers. If you do that, that is, uh, as far as I know, that's a, a felony, an FCC violation, um, and you can go to jail and have to pay a lot of money. So you can do things like, uh, I'm trying to recall the name of the device, but the one that's popular um, in places like prisons or for trying to triangulate positions of uh, what we'll call, just call them persons of interest. Um, there are devices that will uh, basically spoof a cell phone tower. And because the power of that device is greater than the power of the nearest cell phone tower, the phone will automatically join to it. And now you're in a man in the middle position. And so those devices do work. Is it possible to acquire it outside of law enforcement? Well, sure. Uh, through uh, various illegal means, but it's important to understand that you know doing so as a felony is going to land you in jail. As well, as as it's not that something that's illegal stops people from doing things that are illegal. Sure. The, the point being is that it's not available for easy mass consumption. It's not like uh, spoofing your caller ID where anybody can do it because anybody can just buy the app. There are specific entry points that you have to go through in order to acquire that technology. So I mean, yeah, if there was like a dirty cop who had an extra one of these devices and sold it, you know, on the black market. Yeah, that kind of stuff is possible. And plus, I, I think the, the bigger danger isn't so much the device as well as much as it is people taking the initiative to build it themselves. So that's really where you kind of get into the hacker space of why spend you know tons of money on one of these devices when I can just you know build it uh, and do the same thing. So, you know, we, and we have done engagements like that in the past where it's like, you know, can we build some sort of cell interceptor that's very, very low power, you know, to see if we can, you know, pull off attacks like that. And they are possible to do um, with everyday hardware. So, you know, something that you can just buy, you know, go to the nearest hardware store, you can buy stuff uh, to make an antenna, you can, you know, get the software to actually power the device. It's, that's probably a little more disconcerting than actually acquiring one of the quote unquote legitimate devices. You know, when I hear stuff like this, I begin to wonder, maybe we should all give it up and use smoke signals. <laughs> you know, so there, there's something that I tell people when I'm giving them security awareness training that I think is helpful for, for the, shall I call the, the, the every man, you know, the layman to hear, which is that don't lose faith in humanity just because there are a few bad eggs. It's really, really, really easy to say, well, you know, you can't trust anyone. And I, I personally, I, I, I don't believe that. Um, I want to think that, uh, you know, if I get a flat tire and I pull over on the side of the road, that the person who pulls up, you know, behind me is, is there to help. And it's that 
it's that idea of trusting people that innately makes us human and makes us all able to kind of get along with each other. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to leave people hopeless by telling them these sorts of stories. And so I always close out security awareness training with, you know, that analogy, because it, it's that ability to trust each other and particularly a stranger that, you know, makes us human. So yes, there are people who are out there that can do bad things to your computer and bad things to your data. However, they are few and far between. So, you know, I take practical security measures and I'm a big fan of practicality when it comes to this, because you can jump off the deep end and do like tinfoil, you know, freak out stuff where you put all your stuff in a Faraday cage. I mean, yeah, you can do that, but it's not really beneficial, counterproductive. We're going to have more of this with Jason Lang on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Long-distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. 
Get relief for your neck or back pain when you search Amazon for Sunshine Pillows heating wraps and pads, often listed as an Amazon choice. Why take another pill? Now, from Sunny Bay and by customer demand, we introduce our extra long neck heating wrap, a complete wrap, wide and hands-free, and brings fast relief to those who suffer from neck or back pain. You can easily find Sunshine Pillows on Amazon. Or search Amazon for our new Sunny Bay disposable heat pads. Or look for Sunny Bay heated neck wraps for relief from back pain to menstrual pain and cramps. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. See why our company, Biomed DB Design, has a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Just go to Amazon.com and search Sunny Bay or call us 253-678-1361. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Okay, so... We're talking here about the tools of the trade and the things that show up at these Black Hat conferences. Now, Apple, this, I always like to bring up Apple because Apple always promises to offer superior levels of privacy and superior levels in terms of protecting the customer from security outbreaks. But we always hear that somebody finds a way to break into an Apple device. What happened this year? Yes. Well, actually, there was a guy, um, I think it, I if I recall correctly, his name is Ian Beer. I, and the only reason why I know about this, I, I didn't actually see a talk, but I saw it on Twitter um, of, you know, he had loads and loads of vulnerabilities for Apple that he had reported to them. Um, and what he wanted to do was Apple pays out very, very well uh, for, for bugs based on certain classifications. So if you find a really, really serious bug, um, then, you know, that's, that's worth a lot of money. And by a lot of money, I'm talking on the order of tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, so he, what he wanted to do is he had all these vulnerabilities and he's like, Hey, can we just send all this money to charity? And I thought that was awesome. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know any necessarily quote zero days getting released for things like iOS. Um, there are some people who, uh, discover a vulnerability and release it accidentally. So for example, I think it was about this time last year, uh, that a gentleman who he was a, I think he's a software developer. He discovered that you can bypass the root authentication prompt on Mac OS just by hitting enter a few times. And so like, if you would enter three times, the prompt goes away and you're authenticated as, as, as an, as an administrator. And so he tweeted it out. He's like, Hey, I think this might be a problem. Uh, Apple, what do you think? And it got retweeted like loads of times. And in fact, I tweeted back at him like, dude, I hope you gained like 10,000 followers from this because that bug was probably worth like a quarter of a million dollars. So, you know, there are people who, find this stuff and they don't know what to do with it. And so there's like, Hey, is this normal? And they throw it out online. Well, before 
companies like Apple can react, you know, people capitalize on that and bad guys will capitalize on that and use it before it gets patched. So, you know, there, there are some new attacks. I think that are coming out for iOS. Like I said, Ian had several that, um, he wants to work with Apple on to get fixed. I haven't seen any flashy new sexy zero days get dropped. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Like I said, black hat is huge and you know, I can't be everywhere at once. So now we think about breaking into smartphones, more so with personal computers because they are more vulnerable. And it's because there's so many different ways to get into it. Or something like an iPhone is fairly well locked down. What about the Android platform? Yeah. So Android is historically less secure than iOS. Um, and it's not necessarily because the operating system itself is insecure, although there have been some really significant vulnerabilities uh, dropped for Android, I think. Uh, two years ago, the stage fright vulnerability was dropped where um, if I send you a text that has a link to a video in it and, you know, the video automatically renders, I can get remote control of your phone. And it's just through a text message and you don't even have to interact with it. Now, that vulner- or, or Android fixed that. Um, but really, the, the biggest danger with Android isn't so much the operating system as much as it is the applications in the store. Um, that this is one area where I think Apple really got it right. And a lot of developers, you know, if you're an iOS developer, you might hate me for saying this, but you know, the strict control that Apple imposes on its developers and on its applications, um, has led to a higher quality of application. Now it, it removes control from the developer because the developer might not be able to do certain things that they want to do. And certain applications might not hit the app store, but Android doesn't have that, or at least they, they didn't as of a couple of years ago. And so there's all kinds of malware that hit the, the Android Play Store uh, because that sort of verification wasn't happening. So as far as I understand, you know, wrap it up, it wasn't so much that the operating system was, you know, really insecure, although that has happened. It was more that the applications were insecure and users were downloading insecure applications um, and infecting themselves with malware because, you know, the Android folks didn't do that kind of verification. So, you know, I, I, I personally have an Android and on my phone. Um, I, I don't use my phone for all kinds of like, you know, games, you know, you're not going to see party poker on my phone or anything like that. Um, my phone is pretty much, um, a, a business and a personal communications tool. Um, and I don't really go a lot further with it, but a lot of people put all kinds of stuff on their phones. So, you know, my recommendation to those folks is do your research on the application, um, and make sure that the reviews are really good reviews and that more than like five people have downloaded it. Like if you come across an app and it has 500 downloads, eh, probably want to avoid that app and go with something else. Yes. What percentage, I wonder sometimes of all the favorable reviews you see for products are really bogus or subsidized, or maybe it's the owner of the company or his mother-in-law putting up something under a (laughs) fake name. It's, it is entirely possible as far as I understand. I mean, I, I don't have any insight into, you know, the review review process, um, but I mean, that, that stuff has happened before. I mean, you know, it was happening with Amazon, um, as far as, you know, like fake book reviews and stuff like that. So that kind of stuff is possible, but I can tell you this, um, you know, a hundred million people are not going to do it or, you know, 10 million people are not going to do it. So generally speaking with the most popular communications tools, the most popular games, um, those are pretty well safe because millions and millions of people have downloaded it. Um, and yes, there might be a few fake reviews in there, but you know, not on the order of magnitude where, you know, you, you see for safe applications. You see, I worry about that on Yelp. I also think with a responsible app store also, if they find that 
the developer is putting up fake reviews, they can pull the app if they want. I yeah. don't know how often this happens with the Google Play Store, but I kind of think that Apple is fairly proactive about this, right? Yeah, as far as I understand. And normally, I don't necessarily go by reviews. Um, I go by download and or I go by installation count or download count. So, yes, it is possible that there are people who have downloaded the app just to increase the download count. But I, I, I don't think we're talking about uh, major applications. For example, you're pretty well safe to download the LinkedIn application on iOS as well as Android. Um, you know, it's when you get into the fringe applications, like stuff that nobody has heard of, you know, because it's, you know, flashy and shiny and you got a link on somebody's Facebook, that's normally when you kind of get into suspicious territory. And I tell people, Hey, listen, do you really need that game? Or can you go with something that is a little more popular, a little more well-known? So, um, you know, a lot of times I think people just don't think about it. They're like, Oh, you know, my friends said they were playing this game. And so they sent me a link and I decided to start playing the game. And that's, that's great. But, you know, the point being is just to have common sense about it. Understand that, you know, if you come across a game that, you know, 50 people have downloaded, well, you know, just be careful. You should, you know, have a little bit of suspicion around that kind of stuff. Have you ever run into a situation personally being someone in the business where you found a fake app or something of that nature? Um, not personally, because the, the way that the business works as far as the testing side of things goes is um, we do testing of applications. So for example, you know, let's say that your show released a mobile app and you wanted uh, users to be able to download it, but you were concerned about the security. You didn't know if the developer had good practices. So you would hire somebody like TrustedSec to test the application itself. And so normally speaking, people who uh, want their applications tested are good folks who are trying to do the right thing. Um, and so that really just leaves it up to my, you know, personal experience. And like I said, you know, on my phone, I, I only download, uh, applications that I, um, that I, that I trust and that I know are valid. So like I said, you know, LinkedIn, uh, Skype, you know, I, I use signal for communications. Um, so there are, you know, several, there, there are several applications on my phone, but most of them are just communications based and they are, they're from trusted, uh, providers. Have you ever installed an iOS app that was bogus? An iOS app that was bogus. Uh, no, not not that comes to mind. Um, pretty sure I would have remembered. Yeah, no, I'm. I, I I would not say that I'm a a. How do I want to put this? I'm definitely a power user of my phone, but um, my uses of it are limited. Um, where I think a lot of danger comes in is games, um, not so much collaboration tools. So, and I don't play a lot of games on my phone, so no, I I don't think I have. We also offer a special version of the show, free of the network ads, if you subscribe to the Tech Night Owl Plus. And how it works is this. You go to plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com. And prices start just $1.49 a week. How about that? That's Tech Night Owl Plus. A little bit later in the show, we're going to catch up with industry analysis, sales trends, and all that stuff featuring... Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. He has been on for a while, so we're glad to have him back. Look at Apple sales, look at sales trends in the PC industry, and why were these people getting sales of the iPhone 10 so wrong? we got more to come on security with Jason Lang. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Broadcasting to over a thousand radio stations, GCN programming is in all of the largest markets. A GCN advertising career could be the business opportunity you've been waiting for. Companies need hardworking representatives just like you to handle their needs, while you earn residual income which can last for years. Companies are buying and they need you. Email advertise at GCNlive.com or call 877-996-4327. That's 877-996-4327. Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We continue with Jason Lang for two more segments exploring the Black Hat Conference. Now, in terms of one of the things that bothers me a little bit about it's a potential, not necessarily something that's a real problem, is the Internet of Things being able to control your thermostats or your washing machine. Is that stuff that's easily hacked? Yeah. Yeah, it is. There are some... The, the, the whole IoT space is kind of like where, as far as I understand, I'm not... I'm not specifically an IOT hacker. That's a very specialized discipline, but I have people, I have friends who are, and from what I understand from those guys, uh, it's sort of like where, you know, windows security was like 10 years ago. I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's the wild west, but there are definitely, um, a lot of vulnerabilities in the IOT space. So, and a lot of it comes down to things like, you know, default credentials. I was on a, an assessment one time where, uh, I was, I was testing the network, you know, like pretending like, like I was a hacker inside the network and, um, I found a ton of devices. I, I didn't know what they were at the time. They just, they just look like standard Linux systems, um, that had a, a username and a password of root. So it was just root root for the username and password. And I was like, wait, 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 this is just like a honeypot. I mean, who would do this? And so I logged into one of these devices and I did a little bit of research on the device itself. And the device is one of those, um, 
like uh, you, you might see them on newer conference rooms where like if you walk into a building, there's like a, a conference, they're, they're a little like mini tablet that's fixed to the wall right outside the conference room. And, you know, you use it to like register for meetings and stuff like that. And it was using default credentials. And I was like, man, and that's, it's that kind of thing. And, and I went on to use those devices to, you know, compromise the whole network. And it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff that needs to be fixed is really, really simple vulnerabilities like default credentials. And a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of folks, a lot of system administrators don't think about it because they're like, oh, you know, it's a device, we plug in the device and it's fine. Well, the problem is that the device is running an embedded Linux kernel and that embedded Linux kernel, it retrieves a, an IP address from your DHCP and it can make calls out to the internet. And if it can make calls out to the internet, then that means it can call back to my attack server. And now, you know, I'm in your fridge in your stove and stuff like that. Now, I personally have not done that because I, I haven't really pen tested any fridges. But is that theoretically possible? Absolutely, it is. In any case, the question I would have here is what about that situation with Amazon Alexa? You probably heard about mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. husband and wife are talking. That conversation is recorded and emailed yep. to a friend of theirs on their contact lists. Now, when this got out, Amazon apologizes. Oh, it's a mistake, and we'll fix it, and everything like that. But if they weren't caught, you'd wonder how many other people were impacted by the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I totally agree. That's, in fact, that is the exact reason why I don't own any of those devices. I don't have Alexa. I don't have Google Home. I don't have any of that stuff in my house. Well, I sure I, as heck wouldn't want to get one because I would worry about that. And part of it is. And this is the political thing about the purpose of the company and the product. And this is something that Tim Cook of Apple says. Therefore, you take this with a grain of salt, but he might be correct. Which is, Apple is selling you products and services for which they make a lot of money. Amazon is selling you products, and they're selling you. Google is selling a small amount of products. Otherwise, they're selling you to advertisers. So how can you trust them? So what you're talking about is the classic battle between security and convenience. Security is always at war with convenience, always. So for example, if you decide that you want a 25 character password, well now you have to type in 25 characters instead of eight. If you decide that you want the ability to make a you know FaceTime call to your friend anywhere in the world, you have to buy an iPhone. If you want that convenience, then you have to give up certain you know, pieces of, of your, your personal information to those companies. But there's always a choice. You know, there, there's a, a phone in England, I think it is called the John's phone. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's, a, it's just a phone that has big buttons on it. And then the, the contact book or the contact list in the phone is like a little teeny tiny paper book and pen that you can pull out of the back of the phone. And that's literally all it does. It just makes phone calls. I, I think you can receive text on it. But the point being is that if you want the convenience of, you know, being able to, you know, play games and do all that stuff, you give up certain rights to these large companies. And that's a choice that everyone makes. But when Apple is telling you security, 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 other than the obvious issues where a black hat, anyone will find some kind of security problem, which we assume is inadvertent. It's just because these devices aren't perfect. Well, can we believe Apple? So I, I think you can believe Apple on a few fronts. I think you can believe them when it comes to the verification, the controls that they put into their app store. 
And I think you can believe them when it comes to the encryption of their devices. And the battle that the, that Apple had with the FBI last year is, is proof of that, in my opinion. So from my experience, um, Apple uh, iOS is probably at this point, one of the most secure operating systems in the world. And I have no problem saying that windows uh, 10 has made strong improvements. Uh, Mac OS, uh, has made strong improvements, but to, in my professional opinion, iOS really shines as being one of the most secure operating systems. Now, the security of the operating system is very, very different than the security of, say, iCloud, where your data is stored. So if you don't have two-factor authentication enabled on iCloud and you have a crappy password, well, guess what? I can just go out to iCloud.com, take your email address, take your, your password and log in. And that's even compounded if you reuse the same password across services. And that's how uh, iCloud hacks have happened in the past, because people use the same email address for LinkedIn that they use for iCloud, and then they use the same password for LinkedIn that they use for iCloud. And so it's that kind of using the same credentials over and over and over again that's a significant problem. And that's why I tell people, don't just use a password manager, also have a unique username uh, for every service and store that username. Uh, in with the password manager as well. So, you know, do not reuse that same email address, especially if it's an email address that you chose before like 2015, because it's probably a handle that has your, like, like if I Google your handle, I could probably find stuff out about you online uh, that you might not want me to see. So use a unique email address, use a unique password for those things. Now with Apple's iCloud, in addition to your normal email, they give you the uh, ability to create throwaway accounts. Is that what we should be doing? The throwaway account, uh, as far as I understand, is like an OTP. It's a, it's a one-time password. So if for whatever reason you can't recall your phone or you want to use an OTP because you don't want to put in your, your password, um, then you can do that. And the, the, the OTP is just like I said, one-time password. It's one-time use and then it's done. And there are several OTPs that are associated with your account. So I don't necessarily think, you know, the average user has to do that. Um, I think if you have a strong password for iCloud, if you have a unique email address for iCloud, and if you enable multi-factor authentication, that is good for quite a wide variety of uh, security scenarios. Um, there are ways to social engineer a two-factor code out of someone, um, but it, it is much harder to do so. Um, it involves me interacting with the person. So now with multi-factor authentication, what this means is you are logging in with two devices. Like you go on your computer, your iPhone, your, your Samsung, and you log in with your normal password or let your password manager do that. And that sends you a verification code, usually in the form of a text message or an email or even a phone call, depending right. on how you're set up. And until you do that, until you use that second login, you don't get connected. Now, I've right. been doing that on more and more devices where they yes. allow it. It's not as inconvenient as you think. You know, if you sit no. there with your with your phone in front of you and it says, you know, 9876546100. I, by the way, made that up. There was no genuine. There is no genuine. Oh, uh, it, it's good you told me password. that. I'm sitting at my computer right now waiting, waiting for you to tell me your code. <laughs> well, you can wait for about 20 years. Oh, okay. Because then right. I'll be so old, I'll be, I'll be completely you know, <laughs> decrepit and okay. my brain will turn to sawdust. And since my brain will turn to sawdust, which my wife assures me every day has already happened. My right. wife actively assures me every single day that my brain is about to explode. 
Before we explode your brains, ladies and gentlemen, we've got these announcements for you to listen to in one more segment with Jason Lang on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. Uh, January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Uh, Then my real health began going downhill. I had high blood pressure, diabetes, poor vision. I wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking heart and body extract from within a few days. I started sleeping better. My blood pressure normalized. My diabetes normalized. My sleep improved. Experience these benefits and more when your body heals itself with the assistance of heart and body extract order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 that's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 and folks i did not expect this at all by the seventh eighth and ninth day i saw dramatic improvements from taking heart and body extract heart and body extract comes with a 100 ironclad money bag guarantee details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662 or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio. You heard right. Proactive MD plus free shipping and a free gift. The new charcoal pore cleansing brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now. 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Again, go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So with the Black Hat, was there a theme that they wrapped up with at the end of it? Um, so Black Hat is still going on. The, the conference was uh, several days of training, which is what I was a part of. Um, and then there are what's called the briefings. And the briefings are the, the, the standard one-hour talks. So that is still going on today. And then I believe DEF CON picks up tomorrow and runs through Sunday. As far as the general theme Historically, from what I can tell, there's not really a general theme other than, you know, basically just like hack the planet. People will come and they'll, they'll just drop all of their, you know, crazy security research that they've been doing. You know, I haven't picked up on a theme specifically, but uh, I have seen more defense stuff starting to pop up as well. So and that's actually really good. And by defense, I mean, defenders are releasing their own defense research that will help other defenders thwart attackers. So I'm seeing a little more of that. Um, and that's that's kind of encouraging. So. Well, that's good to know. Of course, we'll never escape them. No. The hackers no. will always be after us. Now, you have a background as a black hat, right? No. No, sir, I did not. Okay, you never did that kind of stuff? No. How did you get into the business? So I actually started off um, as a system administrator for Fortune 500. Uh, I did a lot of uh, Active Directory domain admin work, and then my buddy told me I should go get a particular certification uh, called the OSCP, the uh, Offensive Security Certified Professional, and it's a uh, top-notch uh, industry cert. Uh, if you come up to me and you tell me I want to be a pen tester and I have the OSCP, you kind of have immediate credibility with the person. Uh, I, I went and took that, and it was about 400 hours of, of time spent in a lab breaking into computers, and that's when I really got the itch, so to speak, um, and I shifted my career into penetration testing, and I've been doing that for, I don't know, uh, four or five years now. So. So you're one of those people who at least knows how to break into things. Did you find it easier than you thought it might be? Say, hey, oh, this is oh, too man. easy. <laughs> so the very, very first time that I sat down at a terminal uh, to do a- an assessment, I-, I sat down and I was able to acquire local administrator rights. And then I looked at the passwords that were stored in memory. And there was the password of a domain administrator, which you know, as you may know, has full control over the entire network. I took that password and I was domain admin. And that took me approximately 30 minutes. And I was like, this has to be fake. And, and I pulled up one of my buddies and I was like, hey, uh, is penetration testing in the real world supposed to be easier or harder than doing something like the OSCP uh, cert- certification? And my buddy was like, oh, it's way easier in the real world, way easier. And I can confirm that. Now, that said, I have to tip my hat to uh, defenders um, who have been stepping up to the plate. There have been a few companies that have been doing a really good job improving their detections of tradecraft. Yes, there is still 
times when it's very, very easy to compromise a network. So I'm talking big networks. You know, it's easy to compromise a network. It can still be easy to exfiltrate data and stuff like that. However, defense has gotten much, much better. I would say in the past 18 months, um, we've seen a lot of really neat products come out that are getting quickly adopted and making my job much harder. And of course, that's the ultimate goal. So the ultimate goal to make it impossible. What about cars? Now, I read a story two, three years back, Fiat Chrysler. I think it's one of their Jeeps or one of their trucks. Yes. And they learned of some kind of security leak in those mm-hmm. products they had to fix. But one of the ethical hackers we've had on the show, Dr. Timothy Summers, you know him? The name does not ring a bell, but I, I do know a few other car hackers, yes. Okay. He told us that you can build a device for $35. And if you get close enough to the person who owns the car, as they are using their key fob to open the mm-hmm. car, unlock it, mm-hmm. you could duplicate that information and take control of their car. Sure. If you want my opinion as to the feasibility of something like that, I would say, sure, it's feasible. The question is all, is knowing the signals to intercept and then being able to decode the data or decrypt the data. Yes, that, that is absolutely possible. I mean, that kind of technology has existed for like garage door openers for years. I mean, you see stuff like that in like hacker movies where there's a hacker parked outside and, you know, the target opens their garage door and, you know, the, the, the signal gets recorded. Yes, that, that stuff is absolutely possible. I heard of this being done with cell phones because you see it so often on TV. Can that be done anymore? So it kind of comes back to what I was saying earlier, which is that you can do that with cell phones, but you need a cell phone interceptor. So you you have to build what's effectively a mini cell phone tower, and the signal strength of that tower has to be stronger than the user's signal strength that they're getting from their existing tower, which is easy to do if your antenna has enough wattage and you're basically willing to get cancer from it. So (laughs) I like that. Okay, you have to be willing to get cancer. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Just to put this in mind, if you want to steal someone's cell phone with one of these devices, be prepared to want to get cancer. But if you don't care, you want to live high on the hog for a couple of years, it would matter. Right. You can buy uh, antennas on eBay from China, actually. I, I don't think they are made in the, or they're, they're, they made in the United States, but I think they're made for purchase in the United States. But you can buy, still buy them from China that have enough wattage to be able to pull something like this off. So if your signal strength is stronger than their cell phone signal strength, the user's phone will connect to your, your tower because that's how they're programmed to do. And that puts you in a man-in-the-middle position to be able to see all the traffic that's flowing, you know, record calls and all that kind of stuff. So it is possible, but as far as I know, um, I've never pulled off this attack myself. It's, base, it's pretty rare. And, and when, when I say rare, I mean rare from an attacker standpoint, like a black hat. It might be very, very common from a governmental standpoint, but that's a whole nother conversation. Does the government, the U.S. government, have the tools to do all the stuff that you guys outside can do? Yes, absolutely. So whatever a black hat can accomplish, they should be able to, in theory, do the same thing. Oh, well, I am really about ready to give it all up now. What about the common things like Wi-Fi networks? Now, of course, when you go to a hotel, like I'm in a motel right now, and we have the... Wi-Fi network they provide us. This is it. This is where we can get our internet. Either that or I use the cell phone network and have it hotspot to my computer, which just uses up a lot of data. If I'm using the hotel's network, it's not safe. No, correct. It's not. Certainly, you're actually probably more safer to use the Black Hat wireless than you are the hotel wireless. Whenever I travel, I use a MiFi device. I I do not connect to the hotel network um, unless I absolutely have to. And if I have to connect to the hotel network, I use a VPN. This would be a good reason for us to all have VPN logins. Yes, absolutely. Is it expensive? 
So there are some free ones and there are some more expensive ones. The one that I use is trust.zone. It's one that's gotten good reviews. I admit there are lots and lots and lots of these providers. Another one that I use in the past is AirVPN. That worked great. Um, both services have worked really well. So the question when it comes to choosing a VPN provider is the amount of anonymity that you get. A lot of VPN providers will tell you that they do not keep logs. You kind of have to take their word for it. They'll, they'll disclose or they'll, they'll redact and then disclose um, something that they had to provide for court that is all the data that they have. AirVPN did this a couple of years ago. You know, they do not keep a lot of data. They disclose everything they had. And it was basically like this IP address connected to this uh, server at this time. There's no traffic logs at all. Jason Lang, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. Sure. Yeah. The, the company that I work for is called TrustedSec. Um, and that is just www.trusted, the word trusted, and then the letters S-E-C, uh, trustedsec.com. Dave Kennedy is our founder. Um, and you can find me as well as a bunch of other testers there. Um, I'm also on Twitter. And uh, if you know where, where to find me on TrustedSec's website, you'll be able to find me on Twitter. Jason Lang, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Live. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be on. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. If you're young and healthy, you don't need life insurance, right? Yeah, that's what I used to think, too, until my brother died at 38. Joe left his wife with two kids, a mortgage, and a stack of bills she couldn't pay. Mary had to sell the house and move everybody into this tiny two-bedroom apartment just to make ends meet. I never want to do that to my wife, so I got life insurance. I called AIG Direct and was really surprised how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. Listen, if you have a family, you should seriously think about getting life insurance. You'll feel a lot better having it. Trust me. Call AIG Direct for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you could save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-910-7981. That's 1-800-910-7981. 1-800-910-7981.
Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-318-4349 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-318-4349. Again, that's 800-318-4349. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So it's been a while since we talked to Stephen Baker of the NPD group, and I was asking him before we started while we we're exchanging dog stories. And he said at least six months, maybe more, Stephen. Or maybe it was yesterday. Yeah, it feels like I, six I, months. I, yeah, I missed it. I've just been a very busy 2018 for me. Has it? Do you find all this talk about now that Apple's a trillion-dollar company has made any difference, or is it just a bunch of numbers? I, uh, you know, um, milestones are awesome, and they're, they're great for everybody to stop for a minute kind of think about what the milestone means uh but you know get stopped for a minute and then you have to get back on the horse and keep moving and um i think that's kind of what we it's an interesting point we all have our different viewpoints on how relevant the stock market is we do every day so we don't want to get too political there but um you know, congratulations to them for doing something uh, no one else did, and it's certainly a testament to all the, the people there who bring products over the last uh, 30 years. Now, one big thing, of course, we can bring up when looking at the sales picture, in the June quarter, max sales were down, what is it, 13% in unit sales, 5% in 
financials, whereas a lot of the PC industry, they seem to do a little bit better. So is Apple be falling behind the curve here, or is it just one of those quarters? Well, um, first thing always to remember about uh, growth numbers is uh, the most important number that drives your growth this quarter is how you did last year during this quarter. Uh, I know it seems self-evident, but for some people, it's not always. Um, they had pretty good quarter the year before. They were very aggressive on price, both getting and all the way through the back-to-school season in 2017 with aggressive promotions and uh, aggressive pricing and uh, trying to deliver really, really strong comparisons against that. Uh, certainly, they struggled a little bit in the last quarter, and I suspect they'll struggle a little bit during the calendar Q3 as well. I don't think that's a long-term kind of an issue. It is just how you manage the business, and sometimes um, you're able to drive some volume as they were in 2017, but you probably can't do the same kind of numbers in 2018 given uh, the dynamics of the market. Of course, it didn't hurt last year when at the WWDC in June, early June, they basically updated many of the Macs. Right. So they updated them. They had um, a lot of uh, inventory where they aggressively pushed a lot of product through, especially uh, July and August last year back to school. Pricing was very aggressive, both from Apple, but especially from their partners, and that drove um, a lot of volume. And, you know, as we, we saw, they had very strong numbers all the way through the beginning of the holiday in 2017, and the holiday numbers in 2017 were very weak uh, because they were comping against the 2016 introduction of the, the new MacBooks with the touch bars. So, you know, again, that's not to say they weren't selling a lot. They just had, you know, tough comparisons. Uh, we've seen throughout this year that their sales have been a little flat. And I think we haven't really seen a big uptick yet with uh, uh, new processors and, and, you know, up updates they've been talking about. So, uh, you know, I think um, they're in for some, some tough times in Q3 from a growth perspective. Now, when it comes to things like personal computers, all the PC vendors are basically in the same boat. They've got to wait for Intel to get the chips out. And Apple certainly put more powerful chips, a lot more powerful chips, in the 2018 MacBook Pro. Unfortunately, it didn't ship until July. Is that going to make a difference? Or should Apple, if they could, and we never know with Intel, should they have maybe introduced more updates? Um, I don't think uh, Apple needs to be on quite as fast a cadence as the Windows OEMs do. Um, you know, they, they have their own operating system. They have, at some level, a, a market, while part of the overall PC market is is very separate. I, I don't think they have to mimic what happens uh, over there in the Windows side. I do think, um, you know, for the Windows guys, they do need to to create those upgrades over time. And obviously, the last year or so, Intel's had some 
some challenges getting getting product out, and I don't think that's helped the Windows um, Windows market uh, appreciably or the OEMs. Uh, but I don't think it's hurt it particularly either. I think you know we're in a we're in an age today where um, a lot of the focus right now in in notebooks has been around form factor and kind of the externals, uh, thinner and lighter and uh, thinner bezels, better screens, uh, some of those kind of things. And there's been a lot of uh, challenges around costs. You know, we've had a lot of uh, cost challenges in DRAM and SSDs and screens. So there's been a lot of maneuvering on the Windows side over the last year or so because they, they play in a lower margin business than Apple does as well. Um, so it's it's not great when, when Intel's a little bit behind, but I don't think that's been the that's the primary opportunity for Apple to do better, nor do I think it's the primary uh, issue either for, forwards or backwards, up or down for the Windows OEMs. Now, when it comes to PC sales, a lot of those new sales are to businesses upgrading old hardware. Am I right there? Uh, well, we see some of that. Um, you know, one, I, I think some of that has been, is a little bit overblown. I think we're, we're seeing the, maybe the little fat part of that um, gradual shift in businesses from Windows 7 to Windows 10, uh, but, you know, it's important to remember that uh, it's very gradual and that in an age of software as a service, uh, the idea that I have to go upgrade a whole bunch of clients because there's a new operating system, that, that thought process is kind of moot today. Uh, that's, that's not really how a company thinks about things um, because it is kind of a ongoing process as opposed to a, a one-time change. So there's plenty of, plenty of time for, for organizations to make the decision about moving from Windows 7. But as we get a little bit further along and the uh, products get older, then you do start to see uh, some upgrades. But I think the primary uh, driver today is just that is a bit of an age and not necessarily um, the operating system. Because going forward, uh, you know, Windows is going to be on the same kind of cadence that that Macs are on, right? We're going to deliver operating systems, and you know, we very rarely see much of a bump on a um, change in the Mac OS. And I suspect that's the uh, that's a good glimpse into the future uh, on the Windows side as well. Um, that said, you know, there's still plenty of activity on the consumer side uh, in terms of um, some strong volumes in areas like gaming. Um, seen some continued uh, incredible growth numbers out of the uh, Chrome market for consumers. So there's lots of interesting stuff going on um, on the consumer side as well. We've got Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. When you use public Wi-Fi, hackers and identity thieves can see anything you do online. Embarrassing photos, your web history, even your passwords. That's why I use private internet access to encrypt my internet connection for less than 10 cents a day. Sign up now at privateinternetaccess.com and in just a few minutes, you'll be browsing anonymously and only sharing what you want to share. Privateinternetaccess.com. It's time to protect your online privacy. Homemakers. Groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Deagle, MD of Nutramedical.com, announcing the breakthrough Red Deer Velvet DR. It delivers the protected building blocks of all organs and tissues, allowing your own stem cells as architects and engineers to regenerate you. Not since fetal life, when aging does not occur, has such an amazing Nutramed been available to help heal you and regenerate you. Anti-aging requires that you correct mineral, activate nutraceutical, and jump the gene defects and poor diet you have to deliver the cellular tools for regeneration. You must remove old damaged cells and replace them with your young healthy cells to wind the biological clock to a younger you. Order your Red Deer Velvet DR now at Nutramedical.com 24-7 or 888-212-8871. That's Nutramedical, N-U-T-R-I, medical, M-E-D-I-C-A-L.com. Or call our order line, 888-212-8871. Hi, I'm Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Every new parent dreams of bringing their baby home for the first time. But some babies are born too sick or too soon to come home right away. That's why Famous Footwear supports the life-saving research and programs of the March of Dimes, the leading nonprofit organization for pregnancy and baby health. 
Help us give every baby a fighting chance so that more babies can come home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.org. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. With Stephen Baker of the NPD Group, we were looking at PC sales, focused a little bit on Mac sales, whether the drop-in sales has any significance or it's just what is. Now, with Apple, I guess people tend to look for the upgraded models because they make such a big deal. I mean, and the PC side, they're constantly upgrading their hardware, but doesn't get that central focus because there's so many out there. Am I wrong? No, uh, you know, there's many, many Windows OEMs, and there's only one Mac OS OEM, OEM. So, you know, there isn't that kind of hardware competition among different companies. Apple's really just competing around their different product lines. So don't see that kind of um, impetus to happen. So you do see when when Apple does decide to upgrade, whether it's upgraded chassis or form factors or upgraded processors, you you typically see some kind of a, an increase. Uh, over time, especially in the upgraded processor side, clearly they're a little bit less um, that's a little bit less of a focus for them uh, than it has been in the past. And we don't see, even there, quite the same bump as we used to see in, in previous years. Uh, those, those changes are a little less, less important than they've been in the past. Form factor changes, on the other hand, for Apple always drive a pretty big uh, short-term increase. Uh, again, because they don't spend a lot of time having to compete with other similar brands in terms of their finish and the look and feel of the product. Every time Apple comes out with something new, there seem to be those criticisms. And since the original 2016 MacBook Pro came out, there was a perception that Apple didn't make it pro enough. And they cited, for example, the limit of 16 gigabytes RAM, which is the same as previous Mac notebooks. And this year, Apple is offering 32 with a larger battery to support the increased power used by a different memory controller, all that stuff. They got a six-core processor on the 15-inch model. So did Apple do that just to address the people who said wasn't pro enough? And is it not pro enough? Uh, you know... Um, I, th- I think he wants to hit his I head against the wall that. right now Pain. when I ask that question. Go ahead. Yeah, you know... There's always a segment of people who are going to complain about everything. You know, one of the challenges of being Apple is how can you be all things to all people from one company? Sometimes things don't happen. We don't create that kind of hardware to address every single usage for every single potential customer. Uh, you know, you see a lot more of that kind of segmentation on the Windows side because that's one of the ways multiple OEMs will compete with each other. Apple doesn't have that, and it's again, it's very hard for them to be to 
break things down into very, very small niches in against uh, all sorts of different kinds of customers. Their business model tends to be much more of a, a one-size-fits-all uh, kind of a, a model. And you're always going to get people who are going to be unhappy when something that they had uh, they expected doesn't uh, materialize. So it's nice that they change those things for those people. Uh, hopefully that didn't add costs across everyone because somebody's buying a consumer who's buying a 1299 MacBook Pro doesn't really want to have to pay for those upgrades that are going to sit make a 2499 MacBook Pro customer happy. Um, they shouldn't have to pay for those. So again, it's a balancing act and it's easy to complain when you're on this side, when you're on their side, obviously it's a lot harder to balance all those competing interests to come up with a, a product that works the best for the most users. Now that of course, maybe explains to some degree why Apple offers very few Macs where you can upgrade RAM. And I think the perception from some of the people I talk to is that most people don't need it. Most people never change their RAM. It's like a toaster oven. I hate to use that metaphor. Right. But they take the Mac, they use it until it drops or whatever, and they buy a new one. They don't think, oh, I can add memory to it. So there's no point, I guess, on the part of Apple. Thus, it also adds a little bit of complexity. Maybe it adds more service calls because if you offer the opportunity to upgrade RAM, not everyone's going to run to the store to do it. They'll do it themselves. Right. Right. So again, I think that's a perfect example of something where there there's likely to be some kind of hidden cost to creating an opportunity for people to upgrade. And you can even, even though you may say that you can only upgrade on certain models and those are more expensive models, you know, the base of the product line tends to be pretty similar uh, across all the different, different models. So if you offer uh, those kind of opportunities and there's an added component cost or an added uh, assembly complexity, and those costs have to be passed on to everybody, not just the customers at the premium level. So like I said, balancing act, try to do what you can that makes the most people happy within your cost envelope. As I said, they're a little limited because they don't have the kind of wide range of products that you're going to get on the Windows side. Something has to be compromised. Anyway, so that's it. But there's not like it's not there's... a bad thing. Compromise, is, compromise isn't a bad word, Gene. Right? Right. I think it would be would behoove everybody in the U.S. right now to remember that in all sorts of areas of of the world. Compromise isn't a bad thing, and we all make value judgments every single day and cost benefit cost benefit judgments if you're not happy then you have to find something that's going to make you happy well if you don't like a mac buy something else or maybe you want to become an owner of a hackintosh did you ever look at that do many people use these hack together pcs using special hardware and customizations to run mac os I'm sure that there's not a lot of that. Uh, I always look at those kind of guys as the same thing as people, for example, who still 
you know, build their own desktops or some of those kind of things. There's there's a community of hackers, of tinkerers, of guys who like to, their uh, fingernails dirty. Maybe when you and I were growing up, those were all the dads who were out in the driveway tuning the spark plugs or changing the oil on their their cars. Uh, since you really can't do a lot of that nowadays, uh, all those people have to have a different outlet, and a lot of the outlet for a lot of them to, in in today's world is finding ways to tinker around with electronics. Well, that's quite different. When I was a kid, I was the kind of person who tinkered with everything. And I think part of it is that you had fewer, at that particular point in time, fewer complete products. Everything, you know, was a little bit hackable anyway in terms of being able to modify it or use it in a particular way. So I built radio kits. I built FM tuner kits. I built amplifier kits. I did all that kind of stuff. But now nobody thinks about it. You just, in a sense, Steve Jobs was right in the introduction of the first Mac. Turn it on, use it. In fact, even now, they're trying to yep. automate more and more the process yep. of upgrading software, make it more automated so it just it's just there. You wake up in the morning and there's a new operating system. You don't have to fret over it. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. In any case here, I want to get to another thing here that's interesting. I'd like to talk a little bit about the iPhone, and specifically the iPhone X. And maybe you know better than I do, certainly you should, about why these stories arose. So we had all these reports coming in late in 2017 through 2018 that based on supply chain estimates, Apple was having an awful time selling the iPhone X, that they cut back on orders from different suppliers, that sort of thing. And then we're all expecting the bottom to fall out of Apple stock. So for the December quarter, we have Tim Cook saying, oh, it was a number one best-selling iPhone. Look at the average sale price. And in the March quarter, same prediction, same results. Our number one smartphone is the iPhone X. Average sale price above last year. Same for the June quarter, and I'll ask you in our next segment, why the disconnect? More to come with Stephen Baker. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. The eternal disconnect. iPhone 10 sales. How could these outsiders get it so wrong? Well, there's a couple reasons, but let's start with the real basic ones, which is inventory doesn't equate to sales volume. Sell-in is not sell-through. As a company that works with and tracks sell-through, I have a pretty good view and a pretty big commitment to the idea that the most important thing is the very end of the supply chain. And the real thing to worry about is not what's happening one or two or three layers back in the supply chain. The real thing to worry about is what happens when the salesman talks to the consumer or the sales rep is at the company and somebody buys something. That's the end of the road. And that's what's most important. A lot of these people lose sight of that, and they try to guess at what's happening at the end of the sales cycle because they don't really know. Maybe they're not NPD clients, but if they knew, then they would have a little bit better understanding. So they're always trying to make all these guesses all the way through. Um, Sure, you can glean some things from back parts of the supply chain, but at the end of the day, Building stuff and selling stuff are two separate uh, activities, and it's not a seamless one-for-one relationship. And clearly, as Apple shows all the time, and as uh, Tim Cook tends to talk about in most conference calls, you can spend a lot of time looking at that, but you don't really know. Those aren't the same kind of signals that everybody thinks they are. There's really only one good signal, and that one good signal is what happened when someone bought it. And Apple knows that, certainly, how many products it sells. And one thing Jim Cook has said, that you shouldn't use a couple of metrics from the supply chain to guess what demand and sales are, because Apple is 
constantly adjusting orders from different suppliers, and this is what Tim Cook's expertise has been. And just seeing that supplier A is selling less doesn't mean supplier C isn't selling twice as much and making money hand over fist. Right. I would also add that supply chain information comes from the supply chain, who tends to have a vested interest in how to position those kind of things. And whether it's with investors or competitors or the people they supply, like Apple. So if there are ways that they can put pressure, I think what's really interesting for looking back at that supply chain is that there's that information always comes from businesses that are in the supply chain or have a vested interest in what happens there. So they are making statements or leaking things that may or may not hurt suppliers upstream or customers downstream. Um, They have a vested interest in there trying to manipulate things to help their business. So when you finish all this and look, um, again, um, they can, all those numbers can come out, but the one thing that they can't manipulate is the sales number. Well, certainly, if Apple manipulated sales numbers, and this is what people sometimes don't understand, Apple would be in humongous trouble. Yep, there's uh, there there are a lot of rules about how you can and can't report things. So, um, as a trillion dollar public company, I think Apple is going to do its best to, to follow those kind of accounting rules. Do you think, though, that, and this is obviously asking for guesses that may not even be valid, some of the people who talk down Apple's sales or stock are doing it to protect their own personal interests? Sure. Everybody is always trying to protect their own uh, personal interests. Uh, I'm sure there's a little bit, like I said, jealousy or uh, supply chain competition trying to, to change some of those kind of things. Um, change the perception. Uh, I'll also add, um, on the other side, that um, sometimes I think the people who follow Apple are a little sensitive, and um, they over-ascribe value to things that are said that don't have a lot of value. A lot of people talk. A lot of people don't really have very much information. But we often find that Um, people make kind of wild statements and while we all know they're not true, uh, people maybe who are Apple supporters, I hate to turn it into detractors and a supporters kind of thing. Um, they sometimes use those outrageous statements as evidence of, um, how Apple is not being treated right or something like that. Um, so in, in those outrageous statements, no one accepts those. No one thinks those have any any validity. So uh, it, it does cut in a little bit both ways. Um, so you've got to take everything, I think, with a little bit of grain of salt. Also, we'll have to look that each company is going to spin things in a way that even if the information is not as favorable, they're going to spin it. But let's look at the smartphone industry 
It's fair to say now, because we've seen lower sales from Samsung, that for the most part, the market is heavily, heavily saturated. So is Apple's approach mostly to build more pricey gear, sell the pricey gear to get higher sales, and then sell the services to make up? It certainly seems that services are showing a tremendous increase in terms of sales. So certainly this is one indication. Get more money out of the existing customers. Um, well, that seems to be where they're going, although I think the word make up is probably not not the, not the phrasing I would use. I think um, th- there's, there's a virtual circle in there, which is that um, Apple sells a premium product. Uh, premium customers are more likely to consume incremental services after the purchase of the device. Therefore, when you are more and more focused on premium customers, uh, you will get more and more aftermarket service revenue because naturally those are the kind of customers um, who who are going to buy more services. It's kind of the same as you, you get a lot more ink uh, revenue on a $10,000 ink printer because people who buy those are buying it because they use it all the time versus somebody who buys a $100 printer. Um, they probably are only very casual users. Well, Apple is certainly doing everything it can to increase their services revenue. We look, for example, at their TV shows that they're producing right. and Apple Music, where they claim now they have more Apple Music subscribers in the U.S., only in the U.S., than Spotify. And then I think Tim Cook said they're not interested in making money or do not expect to make money from Apple Music. But it certainly keeps people connected to your platform. Well, I, I, I'm not a, familiar with that, him saying that, but I think, you know, the idea is to get money from customers in a whole bunch of different areas, whether it's from selling them music or selling them video or selling them cloud services or selling them Apple Care plans. They have a number of ways to do that. Uh, to App Store, right? There's a lot of different ways that they can generate revenue after the the sale of the phone. Well, Apple is certainly doing that. Now, we got more to come with Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. 
Attack of the Rockoids, and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. We are GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. We've got listeners, lots of them. Around the world, around the clock, our listeners do what listeners do. They listen. And you know what listeners got? Needs. Needs for your products, your services, and money to buy those needs. With our network of over 1,000 radio stations, streaming on the web, and our satellite transmissions, we're reaching our listeners with quality conservative programming. But there's something our listeners don't have. Your offer to meet their needs. Any business needs buyers. But if our listeners don't hear your message, they're still going to buy what they need. Just not from your business. So let's fix this. Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message for our GCN listeners. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-318-4349 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-318-4349. Again, that's 800-318-4349. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So I've got to this point here talking about Mac sales being somewhat less and about the iPhone, about saturation and stuff like that. 
as to whether that makes a difference. Do you cover much of uh, cable TV industry at all? Mostly not. Not really. Okay, because I wanted to get into a little bit of Apple TV, but that, of course, takes us into cord cutting and all those complexities. And I mean, I can talk a little bit about the hardware, not necessarily about, you know, the content stuff. Okay, then we know, for example, that the Apple TV is the most expensive of the set-top streamers. Roku, right. I guess, is tops in sales. Am I correct? Yes, the, the, app, the Amazon products sell a lot as well. All right, so therefore, as far as Apple is concerned, their product is like a poor stepchild to all the others. But then I see Apple doing things to boost sales. Like, for a while, I don't know if the promotion's in effect anymore, but if you subscribe to DirecTV Now, which is their streaming service, you pay for three months in advance, what do you get? A free Apple TV. I think they also offer it with Roku. So Apple... Is Apple making a deal with AT&T to do this, or did AT&T, through its DirecTV division, make a deal like that? Well, I'm sure it was with the DirecTV uh, division um, in terms of doing that. Those things are are great, and they're nice. Um, The business is moving away from the boxes being the most important piece of how you uh, monetize and manage the uh, people's absorption of content. And it, the operating system is very important as well. And, you know, one of the places that Roku has had real success is getting their operating system directly on televisions. So you don't have to buy a box. They've had great success with companies like TCL and others. Amazon is obviously going has gone down that route uh, by partnering with Best Buy to put the Fire OS on some of their TVs. Google has Android TV that's on Sony televisions. Um, that's a really important way for you to promulgate your television operating system get it out there, and then be able to, to monetize that through advertising and the other things that, you know, now that Roku's public, we can see what a great job that they've done around the box. But really more and more, not about the hardware, but around monetizing the operating system. Of course, we have the TCL sets, which have gotten good reviews with Roku. Now with Vizio, they use Google. Chromecast, and they've got a SmartCast app for mobile devices, and the recent TVs have the app built in with a subset of the particular services you want. So if you want like Hulu, or you want Vudu, or you want Netflix, on the Vizio set, it's very easy. It's just one tap, click on your remote, and it comes right up. No problem. It's embedded, built in. Now, would Apple be better off doing the same thing with TV makers? Or I know they're making a deal now with Charter for their cable subscribers to offer Apple TV. Do I assume that's going to be something where the people will get a special price if they buy it or what? I'm not familiar with the details of the agreement with uh, Charter, but I think that's an area that Apple clearly has to, to think about what they're trying to do. Pretty much impossible for any of us to imagine Apple allowing someone else to install their operating system on non-Apple 
branded hardware. Um, you know, that ended 20 something years ago. And it's hard to imagine that they're ever going to do that again. Um, the challenge is that they have to create a better ecosystem around the Apple TV that makes customers want to use that instead of the native applications that are on the television, um, that the integration and the seamlessness of an Apple TV and an Apple, uh, you know, an iPad and an iPhone uh, creates a better experience for a customer than having, you know, using the Roku app on the television or having a Roku box or et cetera. We've actually done in in some of our business some some work around looking at what the uh, kind of overlaps are, and I think uh, between Apple TV and other other areas, and I think you do see that when you think about an ecosystem. Uh, Apple television connection is probably the weakest link in their ability to build the same kind of ecosystems that somebody like Amazon or Google are trying to build. So where does Apple go with the Apple TV? Since it does seem to be an underachiever. At the very beginning, though, it was the number one streaming device, right? Uh, I, I'd have to go back. It was, it was a while ago. Roku has always had a very strong, strong platform there. So I'm not going to say they were or they weren't, but I think they, they were in a better position in previous years than they're in right now, for sure. Um, they do have to do something. I think it's also, honestly, in this kind of maybe blows this up a little bit further than we want to go right at the moment. But it's it's really about how the smart home and the smart home ecosystem is starting to build. And, um, you know, there are opportunities around that to maybe for Apple, if they could get HomeKit uh, into more places and more Apple-connected uh, home devices that that would help support maybe the Apple TV being part of the, you know, central controlling mechanisms um, around the home. But clearly, uh, this is an area where they're not quite uh, so far ahead that their dominance on the phone and on a on mobile platforms hasn't um, benefited them to the same extent as it has in other areas and. We do see a lot of growth and a lot of interesting things, obviously, happening around happening around smart home and around that content. Apple's got a lot of competitors and a lot of different uh, things that they have to do. You know, sometimes they have to compete with Amazon. Sometimes they have to compete with Google and Macs. They're competing with Microsoft. Uh, you know, so they have a lot of different areas where they try to have to try to uh, find the right. Um, right way to thread the needle to get the right products out there. It's a challenge, but this is certainly an area where the leverage that they're able to exert from their strength on the on the mobile side just has not uh, played out like a lot of people thought it would. Let me give you a personal example of my use of an Apple TV. I have a third generation, still have it, disconnected from the TV, and I'll tell you why in our next segment. 
We have Stephen Baker at the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. When you use public Wi-Fi, hackers and identity thieves can see anything you do online. Embarrassing photos, your web history, even your passwords. That's why I use private internet access to encrypt my internet connection for less than 10 cents a day. Sign up now at privateinternetaccess.com and in just a few minutes, you'll be browsing anonymously and only sharing what you want to share. Privateinternetaccess.com. It's time to protect your online privacy. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Message and data rates may apply. Individual results may vary. See website for details. But hey, I'm buying a huge flat screen TV so I can finally see it without my glasses. Why not just get LASIK at the LASIK Vision Institute? That's what I'm doing. Uh, My glasses and contacts are a pain. I'd love to finally get rid of these, but who can afford LASIK? You can. 
because the LASIK Vision Institute is offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. Just text DO33 to 350350. The LASIK Vision Institute has already performed over a million procedures. They use the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 20-20 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Better vision, better value. The LASIK Vision Institute. Make this the year you finally get LASIK. For a free consultation plus an extra 20% discount, text 233 to 350350. You'll see for free if LASIK is right for you. That's DO33 to 350350. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. More with Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. And what I said before is I I have an Apple TV third generation. I no longer use it. Why? Well, sometime back I got a Vizio TV set, 4K. This is one that the manufacturer shipped out and everything for review. And I set the thing up, and I was a subscriber to Netflix and the very cheapest cable I could get. So with Netflix, no longer need the Apple TV. You just press a button on the Vizio remote. There's Netflix. I log into my account, and that's it. Picks up where I left off. I hadn't touched the Apple TV in like six months because I was using it for that and for Apple's own movie rentals. But then Vudu from Walmart gives you the same, pretty much the same rentals. So they both offer 4K. So I don't need Apple TV and I don't need an Apple TV device. So for me, no need. Now, as more and more TV sets offer decent interfaces on their smart features, is that eventually going to really hurt the set-top box business for streamers, other than, of course, Roku or someone who embeds technology in a device? Well, like I said, right at the very beginning, right? Amazon doing pretty well uh, with with devices, but uh, their focus has been to try to find ways to get the Fire OS embedded on televisions. That's kind of their next piece, and they're trying to do some leverage we could, uh, this probably brings us all the way into home pods and things, but you know, they've been trying to use the leverage of the echo family of products and the Alexa voice system, uh, as well as part of that around the TV, Google, as you mentioned, working with Vizio, also work with Sony. They're trying to do some of the same kind of things with the Google assistant in terms of that helping to be part of the, the television platform. And, Obviously, Roku, as we said, trying to further and further getting away from just being a hardware company and driving their software onto more and more TVs. And at some level, that that leaves uh, a very, very difficult measure for Apple in terms of how do I compete there? You can make an argument, right, that even Netflix, as you mentioned, I can just hit an app and there it is almost becomes a ecosystem or a replacement for your operating system at at some level. So it's a really tough uh, position for them. Some of their strengths have been diluted because the market has shifted um, away from 
dedicated hardware and more and more into the television and into other devices around the home where their strength hasn't been quite as good at this in the last few years. Now, is that going to help at all, the fact that Apple is planning to produce its own TV shows? And I have no idea how it's going to be done. Do you? Is it going to be part of Apple Music, offered separately, or what? Well, um, I think no one's, I don't think they've really articulated that. I think for most people, the hope is that as they do those kind of things, that maybe they'll take that opportunity to um, play around with iTunes and uh, maybe make it a little bit um, less of a kind of all-encompassing one piece of software and maybe, um, you know, break it up a little bit so that consumers who want to use one piece of it are not forced into other other pieces of it, you know, to maybe separate out music and video and the management of your iPhone and apps and everything else is, um, can be kind of a, a challenge, right? I'm not going to use some of the words that people have described iTunes as, but I think part of the strategy of building your own or creating your own content and coming more more like Netflix could certainly be trying to create a more focused uh, way to attack somebody like Netflix or Amazon with a um, with a product that isn't maybe quite so unwieldy. Speaking of Netflix, I also noticed with Netflix, some of the cable TV companies, I know some of the contour boxes from Cox are included. I forget who else. Uh, Comcast, maybe? They're including Netflix on their boxes. I assume that requires a separate in-app subscription or something like that, or just picks up your existing account. But is that a way for these companies to work with Netflix and the problem of possibly exceeding your bandwidth cap with Netflix would certainly give the cable companies more money. Yes, you, you, you do. Usually you have, have your own Netflix subscription. Um, you can do that in hotel rooms as well. Um, I was just in a hotel where I could watch Netflix or there was a few others that were integrated into the, um, to the channel guide. Um, you know, I think what it does is uh, maybe not as much uh, bring money in, but it keeps people more engaged and less willing to cut the cord from Xfinity or, or someone else uh, because Netflix is integrated in there into the channel guide. You know, you, we're thinking about it maybe in a whole bunch of different ways. Maybe it's best to just think about it the same way you think about HBO. Right, you pay for HBO. If you do, it's part of the channel guide. You can click on it and watch stuff. Why shouldn't you be able to do that with Netflix or Hulu or someone else or Amazon? Even I guess someone is actually now. Um, I don't remember which one is is integrating Prime Video into their channel guide as well. Okay, so that way, if you can't beat them, join them, and that's a way for the cable companies to work with people who want to cut the cord to say, you know what, we'll give you a good deal here, and you get Netflix if you want, or Hulu, or whatever. It maintains the irrelevance. Uh, I, I don't really think it's about, you know, data caps and those kind of things. There's not a universal um, 
kind of charges of your using too much data uh, on a broadband perspective. Certainly, there are some places where that happens, but that that's not um, generic the way it is on your phone. And I'm, I, I suspect that over time, those caps will continue to go up so that very few people actually go over them kind of the same way we've seen in the, on the phone side. So I don't see that as being driving part of it. I think the driving reason to get Netflix and Hulu and others into the channel guide is really to maintain the subscription and maintain your relevance to the consumer and give them a bunch of choices and give them something that they want, which is um, Netflix or Hulu. And, you know, if you look at it as integration, it fits very well into what we just spent five minutes talking about, about Roku and integrated TV OSs and all those other kind of things. And again, it points to the challenge that in these kind of environments Apple has, where they want to maintain very tight control of the user experience, uh, both from a software perspective and a hardware perspective. And they have been, you know, reluctant to uh, allow others to create um, create integration. And, you know, in this environment, as things are changing, that right now seems like a um, very difficult strategy to execute on. Well, it's the early stages for Apple, and one would think that they'll find other methods. Like, we have the HomePod that very few people are buying. I guess that's 6% of the smart speaker market. I want to ask you about that. Smart speakers, whether they're smart enough. And I come out of the early days when I was a wee lad building my own radio kits and stuff. We've got Stephen Baker, the NPD group, for one more segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. When you use public Wi-Fi, hackers and identity thieves can see anything you do online. Embarrassing photos, your web history, even your passwords. That's why I use private internet access to encrypt my internet connection for less than 10 cents a day. Sign up now at privateinternetaccess.com and in just a few minutes, you'll be browsing anonymously and only sharing what you want to share. Privateinternetaccess.com. It's time to protect your online privacy. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company. Aging is one thing that affects everyone. George has talked about the power of stem cells for years. Now there's a new serum that harnesses that stem cell power to bring back your youthful look. Beverly Hills doctor, Nathan Newman. Stem cells are basically our fountain of youth. This is what maintains our body's reparative regenerative abilities. As we age, every cell breaks down and needs to be replaced, and what replaces it is the stem cell. Dr. Newman and Janess have developed Luminess. Luminess takes the science of stem cells using the same growth factor complex that literally heals our cells, slowing the appearance of the aging process. Apply Luminous twice daily and on average see results in a week. Learn more, watch our video, and order today at a special Coast website, healthylooking.com. Plus, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's healthylooking.com. Luminous for a healthier, much younger, better-looking you. Buy now at healthylooking.com. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So, HomePod, true that not many people are buying them? The numbers we see would indicate that on a unit basis, it's not flying off the shelves. The numbers that you you quoted around 6%, um, some of those seem very high to me. Um, some of them are more about the revenue versus the unit. Well, obviously, dollars are, are pretty important uh, in the early days of, or the mid-days maybe where we are in uh, voice speakers. 
certainly Google and Amazon are much more focused on install base and growing the user base. And it's very hard to grow the user base with a $350 product as opposed to one that's on sale all the time for 30 bucks. It also depends on your standards. Do you want a fairly high quality speaker system or just something in the background? I have to tell you though, I did go to the Apple store once recently to fix my wife's iPhone. And while I was waiting for the geniuses to act like geniuses, I asked them if they could turn on the HomePod, which was not playing anything. And I asked them, let's get a specific piece of music that you can get from iTunes. And they played it. And I listened. And I thought it sounded good enough, I guess. It was a little bit muddy and bassy, which other people have complained about. I was not knocked out from it in the sense that I would, if I had the spare 350, I'd want to buy one. But the question here is, Apple, I guess, is going to the claim here, well, it's that expensive because the sound is much better than these other devices. It's being sold as more of a speaker system than as something that can control your Internet of Things devices. Right. As a speaker system, it's really good. As a speaker system, it's kind of in the mid-price range if you look at other kind of sound bars from people like Bose and Sonos where even Samsung and Sony some of those products are 5 or 600 dollars it feels a little over engineered and a little bit better than it needs to be perhaps for competing against Google Homes and Echo Pluses and and those kind of products uh, you know I'm I'm not a huge sound guy so the sound quality you know I'll I'll defer to people who are better at reviewing those than I am. But I would just say it doesn't sell a lot because right now, for the most part, it's positioned as much more against the streaming speakers, Bluetooth speakers, voice speakers, and much less positioned against the place where most people want to buy quality audio in their home. And most of the quality audio in the home is bumped up against the television, whether it's in a sound bar or a set of home speakers with a receiver and all that kind of gear. So I think the positioning, not quite perfect in terms of how to maximize its opportunities. So therefore, maybe Apple should produce a mini HomePod. This, of course, is pretty small as it is, but maybe a cheaper version. You mean... Like a mini iPod and a mini mini iPad. Sure. Uh, they certainly miniaturized many of their products in the past to try to get to certain price points. And, um, you know, it seems logical that at some point they're going to have to deliver something that is good, but not quite $350. But what about Internet of Things stuff? Do people really want to have something that makes their intelligent refrigerators be intelligent refrigerators and talk to their washing machines and dryers or whatever? Well, maybe not those devices quite yet, but right now our research says about 20% of people have at least one smart home device in their home, not including speakers, so light bulbs or a camera or door locks or those kind of things. You know, most of that is early adopters. We're starting to get to a little bit more broader audience as 
the apps and the features start to migrate into other devices. It makes a lot more sense to have a refrigerator with a camera in it that can tell you the food that's in there when you can integrate that with an app that lets you order things or helps you prepare and manage your household than just having a connected refrigerator for the heck of having it. So we're seeing all those pieces start to work together more and more, and we expect that we will continue to see all these these products accelerate. My real concern about that, of course, is security. I want to know that when I tell my oven to start baking the turkey, that somebody else won't say stop or whatever, or my smart doorbell will not be easily unlocked by somebody else. I want security. I accept that. I would argue that your dumb door lock isn't all that secure either. You know, it's pretty easy for somebody to pick the lock and break into your house. That's what they want to do. So I think some of those security pieces can be a little bit overblown when you look at digital world versus the analog world. But they're legitimate. I'm not saying they're not legitimate, but I think a lot of those challenges we have uh, have always had maybe just in a little bit of bit different form. Internet of thing. Huh. I'm concerned about that story I read a while back about someone with a Amazon Echo speaker where a husband and wife are talking, the conversation is recorded and emailed to a friend, someone on their contact list. That now, was pretty funny. It's, it's funny if you know the other person. It's not funny if it goes to a stranger. Well, it, it, to somebody on their contact list, presumably someone in their contact list isn't a stranger. But I'm going to take that one all the way back to some of the other stuff we said, which was, you know what? You can always find somebody or something that happened that was outrageous or horrible. That's the exception, not the rule. I don't know about you, but I don't always live my life based on the fear of the exceptions. Exceptions don't happen very often. You know, planes crash, but most of us aren't afraid to get in them. So cars crash. You're more than likely going to get in a car pretty soon to go somewhere. Those are the exceptions. So we all have cost-benefit analysis, and we all risk manage on our own. So you have to decide how, how much risk you actually see in those kind of things. But like I said, I think some of those things are a bit um, overblown compared to the same level of risks that exist in the analog world. Hey, Stephen Baker, please tell our listeners if they want to know more of what you do, where do they go? Our website is uh, www.npd.com. You can always follow me on Twitter at NPD Steve Baker. You can find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Gene Steinberg on Facebook, the guy with the plaid shirt. If you find him, it's me. Still have the shirt. Haven't worn it in a while. We also have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Powercast at Powercast.com. And this week we're going to be talking about animal mutilations and near-death experiences. They're not necessarily related. Paracast.com. We also have a way for you to listen to the show free of the network ads. 
if you join Tech Night Owl Plus. For more information, go to plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com. It's cheap. Prices start just $1.49 a week, much less than a Frappuccino from Starbucks. And we think it's a better deal. You know, go get the cheaper coffee. Actually, I like Circle K coffee. I don't know if there's a Circle K near you. But they're not paying me for that, so I'm not going to mention the name again. We also have longer-term subscription plans that are cheaper per month. And you get the version of the show, once again, free of the network ads. Better quality audio also. Go to plus.technightowl.com for more information. Plus.technightowl.com. Been a while, Stephen Baker. Thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Always the highlight of my week when I'm on your show, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.